What a glorious day that will be. That will be a glorious day one day. And I think we're all looking forward to that. Um, as Christians, I mean, what a better place than heaven. I mean, when we, there will be no more sin, no more death, no more pain, no more suffering, no problems whatsoever. And what a glorious day that will be. Um, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Matthew chapter 3, verse number 11. Um, well, you're turning there. Yeah, I, I know we're in the middle of winter right now. But one of my favorite seasons is fall, and I love fall for, for different reasons. I, you know, football's on in fall. I like, I was talking to Andy before there. I don't watch the NFL much, but I do love college football. Um, college football is one of my favorite things. I'm an Oklahoma Sooner fan, so I always love it when they, they seem to win, um, which is usually kind of often unless it goes to the playoffs and they don't win then. But... Um, they're one of my favorite teams, but I love fall for another reason, too. It starts getting cooler outside, and, and it's nice where you can put on hoodies and jeans and go out and, and sit in front of a bonfire, and, and the bonfire is warm, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I like the idea of hoodies. I like the idea of coats, but I, you know, I'm not really much of a hoodie and coat person either. I, I kind of get hot with that stuff, but I still like them, though, and I still like fall for that reason. You go outside when it's you know, a little bit cooler outside and enjoy the, the heat from a bonfire. And you can, you know, it's comfortable, it's nice. And many of us like open fireplaces. We like fireplaces, you know, we like the flickering of the, the lights, the crackle of the fire. You know, we like the smell of the burning wood and the heat on a cold night. I mean, those are the kind of things that fires do for us. I mean, and, and, and I, you know, I, I always see people that are attracted to fires. You know, whenever you see a, a bonfire, you usually see about 15, 20 people standing around next to it. I mean, it, it seems like there's a lot of people that are attracted to fire. Um, and God has always had his fireplaces. He's always had his fireplaces, such as the burning bush, the brazen altar of the tabernacle, Mount Carmel, his people at Pentecost, um, the fireplaces he has today. The fireplace he has today are the hearts in, in, of his people. And if you're born again here tonight, you are his people. And, and you know, your heart should be a fireplace for the Almighty God. We should, we should, we should be on fire for the Lord. We're, we're to be filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And the, the fire of the Holy Spirit is to, to burn in, the fire, in, in our heart. We should have the Spirit of God burning in our heart. You know, we, we, should, we should love people. But Matthew 3.11 says... I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Let's, have, let's uh, have a word of prayer before we get started tonight. Dear Heavenly God, thank you, Lord, that we can be here in your house this evening, God. I thank you for... Um, the people that are here tonight, Lord, I thank you that we live in this time, Lord. It's an, even though it's an uncertain time, Lord, I thank you that we live in this time, God. And I just ask that you help each and every one of us to have a love and a heart and a fire for you, Lord, so that we can reach this community we live in. Lord, we, we live in a community full of darkness, God, and I guess that's true around the, the globe, Lord, but we, we need to reach these people for you. But it starts with having a fire and a heart for you first, Lord, and I just pray that you help us this evening to hear from you. Lord, just speak, speak through me tonight. Use, use my mouth, Lord, and, and it's not my words, Lord. I want it to be your words, God, and just, just help me this evening. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, to me, there is nothing, absolutely nothing sadder 
than and more pathetic than a church that is just going through the motions of playing church. I mean, I, I know we all get to that point sometimes. We all find ourselves in that place. But if you think about it, there's absolutely nothing sadder than that. Because, you know, as a church, we have, we have the truth. We have the light. We, we have the things that this darkened world needs. We have that. And, and we're, we're not, when we're not on fire for God, and we're, we're, not, we're just going through the motions and, and things of that nature, we're not reaching people. We're not sharing the good news to people. You know, there's a whole world out there is, that is lost, that is dying, that's, that has eternal souls that are going to go to hell. If, they, if, we don't, if we don't share the gospel with them, they don't hear the gospel, we don't do what we should do. You know what? We, we need to be out there sharing the gospel you know, and, and, and preaching the, the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and when the church loses a fire for God, it becomes nothing more than a, than a, can I say, a country club. We become nothing more than a country club. When we lose a fire for God, we become nothing more than a country club. We come to a place where we have programs, we have activities. You know, we, we come in and shake hands, well, maybe not with coronavirus, but we used to come in and shake hands with each other and, and talk about things, you know, just about anything at random. You know, but that's, that's a country. When we lose the heart for God, we've lost our purpose as a church. And, and, and that's something that we can't lose. We can't lose in this day and age. Um, when we as a church lose our spirit, we rely upon man-created programs and activities to create a, a, a false, like the pastor was talking about, a, a, you know, I think he was talking about in his office. You know, we, we, you know the charismatic movement. They, they, they rely on all sorts of different things to replace the, the, spirit of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. They rely on all sorts, of, and we shouldn't do that. We should have the Spirit of God living with us, and we should, we should be burning like a fire you know, because of the Spirit of the, of the living God. Hebrews 12.29 states, God is a consuming fire. You know, God desires for his church to be on, on fire with the power of the Holy Spirit. He desires that. God, God wants, that's what God wants us to be. God wants us to have a hunger for him, a hunger to pray, a hunger to read his word, a hunger to go out and share the good news of the gospel with people and, and to live how a Christian ought to live. And none of us, none of us in this auditorium, and I, I'm, I'm certainly preaching to myself, none of this auditorium are perfect. We, we, all, we all have fallacies, but you know what? There should be more. We, you know what? The, the people that aren't saved should see something different in us. They should see a desire in us to serve God. They should, they, should, they should see, wow, you know, they should look at one of us and say, you know what? There's something different about them. They have a love for God. Whether they agree with us or not, they should see the love for God that we have. I mean, it should be evident in our lives that they, they, we have a love for God. You know, there, and there's, I, I was thinking about this when I was, when I was looking at this message and I was asking God to, to lay something on my heart. And, you know, I, I, was, I was looking at this and I was thinking about what does fire do? The, and I came up with six things that the fire does. Number one, fire consumes. It consumes things. It burns out the sinful and unnecessary stuff in our life. And we all have sinful things in our life. We all have things that are unnecessary in our life. And that's what fire does. It, it burns those things out so that we have a focus on God. Fire purifies. It makes us clean and holy before God. You know, just like if you think about, you think about gold. Gold goes under fire to get the, the imperfections out of gold. It, makes it, it purifies it more and more. You know what? That's what fire should do for us. It should it, it, you know, purify us before our holy God. You know, fire prepares us. Think about food, for instance. 
Fire prepares us. It makes us tasteful and pleasant to each other, you know, to each other. And, and to, you know, we, we should be, like I said, we should be the salt of the earth. We should be flavorful. I mean, we should have something that the world desires. And, and most times, you know, when, usually when we go out to restaurants, me and my wife and, and kids go out to restaurants and there's a meal that we have that, that we don't, you know, and I'm, and I'm picking through it and there's some things that I don't like. It usually comes down to seasoning. It, you know, it, the, the salt's not there. Maybe we need to add some more salt to this. And usually salt is what, what brings out the flavor of the food. And that's what we should be in the world. We should be the salt of the world. We should bring out, we should go into the world and we should be a salt to the world so that the world can know Jesus Christ through us. A fire unites. It unites things like a furnace that melts and, and, and molds steel together. A fire unites. The Holy Spirit brings unity to the people of God. Now, we're not all going to agree on everything 100% lockstep with each other, but, I, but we should, as a, as a people of God, we should, we should be together. We should, we should love one another. You know, even though we have disagreements like family members do, we should love one another. And we should, we should be praying together. We should be talking together about the things of God. We should be united in a purpose for the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be united in a purpose to serve our, our, our God. We should be united in a purpose to, to, to get his message out to our communities and around the world. Another thing the fire, the last thing that I thought of about fire, what it does is it empowers Acts 1.8 says, Ye shall have the power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You know what? When the Holy Ghost comes, you should, we should have fire for God. It empowers us to, to serve. It empowers us to, to deliver the message of, of, the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I was thinking about, after, after I thought about what fire does and, and what we should, as Christians should be doing, I think there's a couple things that I thought about that should be a hallmark of a church that's on fire because we should have a we should have a burning fire for God we should have a desire a desire and a hunger to read his word we should have a desire and a hunger to pray we should have a desire and a hunger to witness and there's three hallmarks of a church on fire number one a church on fire will pray we'll pray individually we'll pray you know together as a church a, a church on fire will pray you know, it will see the need and the value of earnestly seeking God with their whole heart. James 15, 6, 5, 16 says, If the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The fervent prayer of a righteous man. You know, you're not going to have a, you know, unless you have a, a strong desire to, to serve God and a fire for God, you're not going to have a fervent prayer life. You, you know, we need to have a fervent prayer life. We need to have a, high, a hunger for God, a fire for God to have a fervent prayer life. You know, when we're on fire for God, we'll respond to the, to the needs of our day with prayer. You know, I tell the kids in, in, the, in our classroom, the junior church classroom and the teen room, you know, and Andy heard me say this on Wednesday night, and, you know, I tell them nothing is too small to take to our God. Nothing. There's nothing too big to take to God, and there's nothing too small to take to God. God wants to hear from us. And you know what? You know, when we're on fire for God, we'll take, we'll take our problems and our concerns and our burdens and the things that we, we want to talk to, we'll take them to God. You know, we'll respond to the, the need of our day with, with prayer. Because I can guarantee you, each and every one of us in this auditorium has needs tonight. I have needs. You guys have needs. We all have needs. 
but are we taking them to God? Do we have the hunger to talk to God to where we can take those needs to the Lord God, to our Almighty God, the only one that can solve those needs? There's nobody on the, I, I don't care who it is. I don't care what politician it is, what kind of, you know, world dictator there is. There is no human being on the face of this earth that can solve the needs of the, of the people. God's the only one that can solve people's needs. God is, God is it. And, and when we have a, a fire for God, we're going to want to talk to God in prayer. We're going to want to spend time with him in prayer. You know, you can't, I also tell, the, tell my, my kids that I talk to in junior church and the teen room, you know, I, I, I tell them that, you know, you can't have a relationship with somebody if you're, you're not willing to talk to them. I mean, if you, if you say, if I, like say, for instance, I use my wife as an example. I say, I tell them, you know, I have a, I'm married to my wife, I have a relationship with my wife, but if I never talked to her, how would that relationship be? It wouldn't be a very good relationship at all. In fact, it wouldn't be one of a relationship, period. You have to talk to the person to have a relationship with them. We have to talk to God. We have to spend time in prayer with God. We have to not only talk to God, but we have to listen to God, too. Take time to spend with God and to listen to him. Read his word and, and digest the word, meditate on upon his word, and listen. And say, you know, shut our mouths for a reason, you know, and, and listen to God in our prayer time. You know, God gave us two ears and, and one mouth for a reason. You know, he wants us to listen more than he wants us to speak sometimes. And we should take time to listen to what God has to say as well. And that's what a church on fire would do. A church on fire would want to pray, take their burdens to God, and, and, and listen and, and wait upon God and, and to, to seek God in everything that they do. Another, another hallmark of a church on fire is church on fire would be uncomfortable in the world and have a strong desire for the things of God. You know, I, I, I've heard this so many times. My, um, my dad said this to me, and I've heard it from many pastors over the years that I've listened to. And they always used to, they always say, and I, I've heard it, where the world was 20 years ago is where the church is today. Why is that? What was wrong 20 years ago should still be wrong today. It, it didn't, God's word didn't change in the, the last 20 years, the last 30 years. And my Bible tells me in the book of Psalms that God's word is, that the word is settled. It, it's, it, the, God's word doesn't change. You know, and you know, this should be troubling for Christians, you know. You know, what God had previously divine is wrong is still wrong today. We as a church should be in stark contrast to what the world offers us. We should be as stark contrast. You know, our color, you know, our color should be red, whereas their color is blue. Where there should be a, a, a sizable difference. And too often, and I'm not saying anybody in this church, I'm not saying this church, but too often the, the New Testament churches in this country blends so far into the world that you can't tell the difference. You can't tell the difference. Uh, you, you look at somebody that, that says they go to church, they love God, but how they live their life, you couldn't tell the difference. It, 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 you, you, can't, you can't see a difference, and that ought not to be the case. We should be a stark contrast to what the world, world is and what the world loves. You know, the people in our community, they need to see us as a beacon of light. They need to see that. You know, the, the world of darkness out there, we should be the one, the, our, our church should be the light that people gravitate towards. We were, and last fall we went to um, 
down to Georgia. We went down to um, uh, um, Savannah down there. We were going to go up to Hilton Head up in, in South Carolina, but we stayed in Savannah. And they have some old lighthouses over there. And I got to thinking about those old lighthouses over there that, you know, when the ships were on the sea and, and you know, some of that, that coast out there, some of it's rocky out there. There's some rocky areas of that coast out there. But, you know, when those, especially when you go up northern into like Maine and, and, and places like that have a lot more rockier coast up there, those lighthouses serve a purpose. When it's dark outside, the ship can't, the, the ship can't see where it's going. The, the captains of the ship can't see where they're going. That lighthouse serves a purpose for people. It serves a purpose for that ship. So that ship doesn't run into a rock and, and sink, run into a, some kind of sand barge and, 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 and sink. I mean, it serves a purpose. Our church should serve that same purpose. You know, for the Christian, it should be a place where we get together and we can actually come together as believers and strengthen one another and to help one another through, through our troubles and to pray with one another. But for the unchristian, it should be saying, you know what, there's some place different. There's a different place. There's chaos around me, but I want to go to that church where, you know what, there's something different about those people in there. There's something peaceful and settling about those people in there. I want to find out what they have. You know, we should be a place that people want to come, that people have a desire to come to. You know, I've heard people, you know, say, you know, when, you know, a couple times when I go out and, and bus call with pastor, I'd heard people say they don't go to church because uh, the people in the church do the same things they do. How sad is that? That they look at our lives as Christians as no different from their own. That's sad. That really is. What kind of, what kind of witness do we give them? What kind of witness do we give them? They look at our lives as the same thing as their own. And they're the same ones that, you know, have open containers of booze or drunk. They might have just smoked a joint earlier in that day. They might be high. And they look at us as being no different than them. And that's sad. I mean, I'm not saying anybody in here is drinking booze or, or, or getting high. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that our lives should be so much of a difference not that we're perfect, because we're not. Not this side of heaven, we're not perfect. But our lives should be so much of a difference that people can see a difference in us. You know, I, 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 my dad used to tell me, I remember one of the lessons I had growing up, and, he, and I've heard it said since that time, but I remember him saying it to me. He said, you know what, your actions are going to speak louder than your words. We can sit here and talk all day long about things. We can have classes all day long, but unless we're willing to live the Christian life, whether we're willing to, to do what God commands us to do and, and to live a life that's pleasing to him, we're not going to speak to the, to, to the world. We're not going to speak that. And a world, a church that's on fire would want to do the things that please God, would want to have a desire to please God and have a, have a testimony to show to the outside world. 1 John 2.15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You know, we, we should be separate. And that's, that's a word that sometimes isn't preached very often anymore. I'm not saying here, 
But you know what, you, you hear a lot of churches around here that they're attracting big groups of people and, and you know what, that we should be separate. We should, we should be separate. We should separate ourselves unto God. And, and we should be Christ-like, not world-like. There's a difference. Christ-like, world-like. There's a vast difference in that. And we should be Christ-like. You know what, the, the reason that I think that we oftentimes as Christians we struggle um, with the desire for the things of the world, because don't, don't get me wrong, there's some things out there that are appetizing. To look, I mean, you know, the devil makes sin appetizing. We, me and Andy were just talking about this up there on Wednesday night up in the teen room with, during Awana up there with the teens up there. The devil makes sin look appetizing. He makes things look pleasing. And oftentimes why we struggle is because we don't have the burning desire for God. So we're turned towards the burning desire for the world. You know what? We need to have a burning desire for God. Having the fire of God burning in our heart will burn away our desire for the things of the world. The closer we get and the more we hunger for God's word and the more we spend time in prayer with God, the more we're going to less desire what the world has to offer. Because you know what? Our God will give us greater things than the world can ever give us. And, you know, we need to, we need to think about that. You know, when we, when we struggle with things that we, we, you know, our desire for things of the world, we need to think about that. We need to, set, you know what, step back and say, you know what, let me get into God's word. You know, when we get on Facebook, you know, get off Facebook and get your face in God's word. You know, there, I mean, we need to, as Christians, that's what we should do. A third hallmark of a, a church that's on fire for God is a church on fire for God will care about for souls. Do we care for souls in here? We say we do. And I'll use myself included in this, but I, you know what? How often are we out there with tracks in our hand? And how often are we out there witnessing to people? Are we doing it like we should? And I'll say it to you. I, you know what? That's a mistake that is a sin in my life. I need to do more. I'm sure we can all say that. We need to do more of that. We should have a hunger and a, we should have a, we should care for souls. We should have a desire to, you know, a love for, for people. You know, Charles Spurgeon said, if there be any one point in which Christian church ought to keep its fervor at a white heat, it is concerning missions. If there be anything about which we cannot tolerate lukewarmness, it is a matter of sending the gospel to a dying world. White heat. White heat is pretty strong. It's, it's pretty intense. And, and we should, if we don't, we can't tolerate lukewarmness. I mean, these people, they're, 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 you know what? We need to, we have the good news of the gospel. Why aren't we sharing it? Why don't we, why don't we go out there and share this with uh, people? We have the good news of the gospel. We have the, the thing that everybody needs, and we need to be sharing that. And a church that's on fire for God would be wanting to get out there and, and share that good news of the gospel with people. I mean, this, this world, it's not getting any better. Not getting any better at all. And, I, you know, and I'm, I'm not terribly old. I'm only 41. And you know, I can see a stark contrast in when I was a kid up until now in the world. I mean, it's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse, and it's not getting better. And there's no politician, there's no world leader, there's no 
Nobody that's, that's, that's going to improve that. Only, you know what? We need to get our focus off of that and our focus on God. That's what we need to get our focus on. And our focus, you know, and I, you know, I even get, you know, I even get caught up in, in some of that, that political stuff that's been going on for the last couple of months. I'm sure, I was disappointed that President Trump lost. You know, I, I, don't, I don't see him as a, as a, you know, I don't know his heart, but he didn't come across to me as a, as a born-again Christian. He never did. I agreed with most of his policies that he had. That's why I voted for him. However, he's a man. He's a fallible man like we are, a sinful man like we are. And we need to get our eyes off of people, or, or President Biden, or anybody else for that matter. We need to get our eyes off of them and get our eyes on, on Christ. That's what we need to do as a church. And we should, you know, by doing that, if we get our eyes off of all this other stuff, we will have a hunger for the, give the people the, the truth. And tell them the truth. That God loves them. And God sent his son to die on the cross for their sins. That's what we need to be sharing with people. We should, we should, we should tell people what's right and what's wrong. You know, when, when we see something wrong, we should tell them that's wrong. But then at that same breath, we should say, you know what? But Jesus died for your sin. Jesus died for this. Jesus died for my sins. Jesus died for the things that you're doing. And let me share the gospel with you. That's what we, we should. We should confront evil. But we should also confront evil with the good news of, of, of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, we live in a community where people are hurting. They're hurting. All over the world, people are hurting. You know, I, 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 can, I can only imagine what in, in countries that have more of a dictatorship, what those, what those people are, are feeling like over in those countries. But I know in America, people are hurting. You know, I, I work in a, a town of about 2,000 people. And, um, you know, I, I see it every, each and every day of my life, I see it, that people are turning to alcohol. People are turning to drugs. People are turning to sexual immorality. People are turning to all sorts of wicked things to try to take their pain away. And you know what? It doesn't go away. It doesn't change their pain. In fact, all it does is add more pain to their lives. You know, in the town that I work in alone, yeah, I think last year I responded to somewhere in between, like I said, 2,000 people somewhere in between 10 to 20 suicide threat calls you have, you have people wanting to harm themselves they were serious about doing it and you know what and when I talk to these people all they tell me is how meaning their, meaningless their life is how, how everything is just horrible and they have no purpose they have no meaning and things are, and, and I hear it all the time, you never, you just don't understand how my life is. That's what these people are saying out there. They're lost. They don't have the truth. They don't have the light of the gospel. They're lost. And they, they say, nobody cares for me. I can't count how many times I've heard that. Not even just from the, the, the suicide calls, but from kids that I have to, to counsel. Nobody cares for me. My parents don't even care for me. Nobody cares for me. That's, that's, that's all they know. That's their life. 
And these are, this is a community that we need to reach with the gospel, with the, the, the saving gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a community we need to reach. You know, people are hurting. You know, and we, we, should, we should have a, a hunger and a desire to serve God, and we should have a desire for these people, their souls. We should, have a, we should, have a, we should care for them and to love them and, and to show them the good news. Why aren't we doing that more than we do? Why aren't we? Why am I not doing it? I think it's because we have a lack of fire for God. You know, because if we had our hearts right with God, you, couldn't, you, you wouldn't be able to contain that message within us. I mean, we, it would be going out all over. You know, your mouth speaks where your heart's at. You know, the things that are in your heart are going to eventually come out of your mouth. If you have a love for Christ, a real hunger and a desire and a hard love for Christ, it's going to come out of your mouth. It's, it's, you just can't contain it. We have the best gift that's ever been given to us. If you're saved here tonight, if you're born again here tonight, you have the greatest gift that, that's ever been given on the face of this earth. Why do we want to keep it secret? Why don't we want to share it more? You know, we, we have to do that. You know, how, how do we get a fire for God? How, how is it that we get a fire for God? Do, you know, what, what starts that? Well, if, if, you're, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, you're not born again, that's the first step right there. If you're on Facebook here tonight and you're not saved, you're, you're not born again, that's the first step for getting a, a, a hunger for God. You know, if you are saved and you know you have sin in your life, Now's the time to get right with God. It's the time to get right with God. You know what? And not only get right with God, but you know, as Christians, and I've failed in this area and long too much in my life. As Christians, we should be getting right with each other too. We should be talking to one another and going to one another. And you know what? If we've offended somebody, we should be, we should be talking to that person. And you know, I, I failed in this in my life. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to stand up here and say I'm perfect by any means because I'm not. I'll be the first one to admit that, you know what, I'm a wicked person. You know, but I, I have a God that loved me and, and a God that saved me when I asked him to. He saved me from my sins. Um, and you know what? We should be in God's word each and every day of our life. I mean... You know, and, and I'm not in God's word enough. You know, I mean, we all have busy lives. Each and every one of us is busy. But you know what? If we truly had a love for God, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't that be our priority? Wouldn't God's word be our priority? Wouldn't prayer be our priority if we truly had a love for God? I mean, I, I think about that. You know, you know I, I thought about, you know, when I was dating my wife, you know, my love for her was strong, and I, I'd want to talk to her each and every day. You know, I'd, several times a day. Why is it that the God that we love, say we love, and the God that we say we, we serve, why, why isn't that in our hearts as well, that desire to do that? It's because we don't have a fire for God. We need to have a fire for God. And getting in his word, praying, building that habit of, of reading his word, building that habit of praying, building that habit of meditating on God's word. The more that's done, and I tell my kids this all the time, the more, the more you do that, 
the greater your love for God is going to get. Because, you know what, God doesn't disappoint. You know, everything in this world will eventually disappoint you. You know, for instance, I mean, I'm not saying my kids are disappointed by it, but, you know, for quite a long time, they were begging me and begging me and my wife for a, a, a rabbit. And I think my house has become a zoo. We have a dog, we have two cats, a rabbit, we had a gerbil and a hamster, but those are, those are dead now. We have fish. So I think we've essentially become a zoo in our house. Um, but for, for years they were begging me for a rabbit, and they really got, I, I'm going to use this, because normally, normally they get to me first, but they, they got to my wife first this time. And, and they, they finally convinced her that we should get a rabbit. So we bought our, our daughters a rabbit for, for Christmas. And they were all excited. They didn't know we were getting it. And they were begging and begging and begging all the way up to Christmas for a rabbit. And we didn't tell them we were getting one. We hit it pretty well, actually, surprisingly, for a rabbit. But um, we, we, we bought them this rabbit. And then the next day when, on Christmas, we gave it to them. Oh, they loved the rabbit. But then it started coming in the time to feed the rabbit, time to, to change the, the box of the rabbit, clean that out. And all of a sudden you can see that, you know, what they thought was going to be a, a good, something that's going to really fulfill them there with that rabbit turns into being a lot more work. You know what, I guess my point when I'm trying to say this is, you know, things of the world is going to disappoint us. But the things of God will never disappoint us. Reading God's word isn't a problem. You know, for, for somebody that loves the Lord Jesus Christ and somebody that says they're born again and loves the Lord Jesus Christ, reading God's word shouldn't be a problem. Reading God's and praying shouldn't be a problem. We shouldn't want to talk. In fact, we should, we should want to pray so much that, you know what, that we don't, you know, I mean, there should be, we should want to pray so much that we don't have time to do anything else. That should be our desire. Not saying that that's how our life will go, but that should be our desire. We should, we should have a desire to talk to God so much that we, don't, we put everything else on the back burner in life. Um, you know, if, if we as a church was truly on fire for God, the world should and would know it. They would know it. I mean, you can't hide an intense raging fire. You can't hide it. On that note, was it, I think it was back in, it was back before Christmas. I think it was before Christmas. I don't remember the exact date, but it was before Christmas. And it was a Saturday night. I was working up in Fisher. And um, I was sitting probably about a mile and a half away. So we have this house, and this, this, this couple lived in this house. And, and I don't know exactly what business he has. I think it's some sort of, um, he works in the heating and air conditioning. But whatever the business they have is they have a truck. That's one of those uh, trucks that are powered by propane fuel, right? So I didn't know how many of those existed. I was surprised that, you know, because the only one I've ever seen like that was, I think there's some of those rental trucks you can get Menards at, are, are those kind of vehicles. But what happened was he was trying to fix his truck, so he decided to, to take out the propane out of his, his truck. I, I don't know if there's something wrong with the, the fuel thing in there or whatever. I, I'm not a mechanic. I, I do fix some things, but I am not a mechanic on this especially those kind of trucks, but um, he, was, he was exiting out the propane out of his truck and putting it into a tank. And something must have happened to the tank that he was putting. He, either the tank had a leak in it, he didn't shut the valve off tight enough, or whatever the case may be, I don't know. 
But all suddenly, you know, several hours later, there was a big explosion in town. And you could hear it. You could hear it. I mean, literally, I was sitting a mile and a half away from where his house was, and I heard the pop. And I looked around, I was like, what's that? It almost sounded like a firework somewhere. I thought, well, that's what it was. And I didn't hear another one. And then ultimately, about 20 seconds later, I get dispatched to this call where there's a house on fire. Well, it wasn't the house that was on fire, it was a shed. And what caused it was, I don't know what was wrong with the tank that he put the propane in, but he had one of those, those, um, those fuel heaters, those, those, those gas heaters setting up, as, like a long tube one setting up there. Well, I guess it was finally cold enough that thing kicked on for the night, and the propane must have been building in that shed outside of his house for about three or four hours, and all of a sudden, poof. And you know what I saw? You know, after the, nobody was hurt, thank, thankfully, nobody was hurt in that. And it could, I mean, it was a really bad thing, but you could... You could see, once you finally, once I kind of was looking down the direction and responding to that, you could see the smoke coming up. You could see the lighted fire coming up from all around you. There was a house that had a ring doorbell system several blocks away that it must have teched off the, the motion. I don't know what it did, but somehow it got recorded on the ring doorbell system. And you could clearly see when that explosion happened, you could see a big puff of light. Uh, on a video a, a block and a half a blocker and a half two blocks away you can see a big puff of light the point i'm trying to make is that fire you couldn't hide that fire you heard it people all over town i mean there's there's a couple somebody told me they lived about two blocks away their house shook when it happened it was so intense you couldn't hide that fire you couldn't hide it at all it, it was it, you could see it you couldn't be hidden it was out there for the whole world to see. As Christians, our fire shouldn't be hid. The people in, in our community should be able to see it, know, know it. You know what? They, whether, like I said, whether they agree with us or not, they should know that we love the Lord thy, our God. They should know that. And they should know that we have a desire to serve and to please God. That shouldn't be a, 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 anything that's hidden from people. We, we should be out there and we should be open about our love for God. We should be open about our love for people. You know what? And we should be open about our love. We should love one another. And we, you know, when, when, when we have a love for one another here in this, this church, that will strengthen our love for, for people in our community. And we should have a love for the people in our community because we have the message, the good news. We have it. We have the good news to their sorrows. We have a good news to their troubles. We have the good news to everything that they, they need an answer to, we have. And that answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to let Pastor uh, give an invitation how he sees fit tonight. But I just before that, I just want to say to you that, you know what? I, for one, in, in this year, we're only four weeks into this year here. I, for one... I, for one, want to, to start, I, 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 I want to be out there sharing the good news of the gospel with people. You know, I, I, want, I want to be out there, and I want to do more for Jesus Christ this year. We don't, we have absolutely no how much, how much longer time we have left. We might have 50 years, we might have 100 years, we might have 1,000 years. I don't think so. I think the Lord's coming soon. 
but I don't know when he's coming. But the point is, we need to, we need to have our hearts ready for the Lord Jesus Christ, and we need to be out there sharing the good news and sharing, saying, you know what, Jesus is coming, Amen. and we need to be doing that. Pastor.